This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. I thought that was a remarkable meeting yesterday, and today I hope to uh, carry the, the theme forward, prostate cancer. And I'm going to be speaking on PSA recurrence, risk assessment, and salvage treatment. I'm going to focus more on the treatment of people who recur. So unfortunately, despite our best efforts, a certain percentage of patients are going to have a recurrence, both after surgery and after radiation. And um, most of the patients who have recurrences after external beam radiation or radiation in any form end up taking hormone therapy. A small percentage of them will get cryosurgery or additional external beam or get a salvage prostatectomy. It's a very small number. Some will get brachytherapy as salvage. And I think that more brachytherapy and SBRT, which is not on this list, this is an older slide, is being uh, tested. And we published on SBRT, but I'm not going to talk about that today. So these are the ones that really are getting most of the attention. This is from a series. One day I was in the operating room and we had a urology resident there and he was asking us about our results. And I said, what I'd like you to do is to go back and look at our database. So look at the patients that we've treated with a permanent implant after recurrences, after external beam radiation. And we published this over 10 years ago showing excellent biochemical control rates at least going out to five years in patients who had recurrences after external beam radiation. Now, our experience was somewhat different than others. We had a very low complication rate, but there was a series from Harvard that looked at 25 patients, had rising PSAs, they had biopsy-proven disease. Some of them had been treated initially with external beams, some with brachytherapy. And one thing that was important to their study is that they gave them a full-dose implant. They had a median follow-up of about four years, and they reported grade three or grade four toxicity of genital uh, urinary or GI, that is gastrointestinal, of 30%. This is a very high and significant complication rate. In fact, 13% of the, percent of the patients required a colostomy, plus or minus urostomy to repair a fistula. That's, unaccept that's an unacceptably high complication that you can ruin a patient's quality of life with that type of complication. And they concluded that the main factor was doing it too early. So the patients that had a recurrence less than 4.5 years after radiation seemed to have more complications. My interpretation is a little bit different. I think that the ideal patients for salvage radiation are patients that have very limited local disease that you can treat part of the gland, not try to completely re-irradiate the prostate. Part of my belief is based on the series from Europe, where they also took a group of patients that they did uh, implants on to salvage them, and they reported poor control rates, 51% at one year, 20% at five years. 45% of their patients died of prostate cancer with a mean follow-up of 73 months. They had grade three toxicity of 19% uh, in, the G, in the urinary tract and 6% of grade three in the GI tract. And they concluded that the, this is a limited of, of limited value. And this is their curve, suggesting that basically almost everybody recurred after the salvage approach.
Now, based on uh, other institutions that reproduce results like ours, we ran a random, uh, we ran a phase two study. It wasn't randomized, but it was a, a study, prospectively collected, multi-institutional study called RTOG0526. This was an implant after patients have recurred after external radiation. And our control rate at five years was 60%. And there were patients that were disease-free much longer. And our complication rate was substantially lower than that reported at Harvard or the group in Europe. Now this slide is a diagram to kind of show you the principles and the things that I think about when I'm considering a patient who's had a recurrence after brachytherapy. So there's different kinds of recurrences. Let's say a patient has a pretty decent implant, but their disease is relatively diffuse. Those patients have to be managed differently. Sometimes when people do permanent implants, they're systematically off either superiorly or inferiorly, so they have a cold spot. These are actually the easiest ones to treat. Or sometimes people just had too much disease outside the prostate that wasn't appreciated. Or sometimes the cold spot is deep in the prostate and that's also more challenging uh, than, so this is the easiest one to treat. There are other options, salvage prostatectomy. I think this is a good one for salvage prostatectomy. Um, I think this is not a good one for salvage prostatectomy, but high food, cryo, uh, and other options. Now, we also, in our experience with, uh, we've done brachy salvage or brachy recurrences. So this is an example of a patient that had an implant done elsewhere, and the anterior part of the gland was missed as part of the implant. So what we did is we designed a treatment that would compensate for the area that was undertreated, and we just implanted this part. I think the complications that were reported because they were retreating parts of the gland that did not need to be treated. And in this uh, series, we uh, actually implanted some people more than once, and we had pretty good uh, control rates, and uh, it was pretty well tolerated because we were only doing a partial implant. This is a patient. You can see that this is a CT scan. The um, Actually, this MRI and the seeds are, there are seeds missing. This is the apex and the urethra. And what we did is we took that slice and we added seeds where they were supposed to be. That patient initially had an implant with palladium seeds. These are smaller in appearance. And we added iodine-125 to the apex area. And this patient did very well and was controlled. The other uh, topic, which we touched on briefly yesterday, involved the randomized trials, raised radicals in the GUTIC-17 study, which is a French study, to look at whether or not you should just follow patients and wait until their PSA went up rather than offering them adjuvant radiotherapy. So this trial was supposed to be early in the adjuvant, which means treating the patient with more uh, with radiation after radical prostatectomy before the cancer comes back or waiting for the PSA to come up and then doing the treatment. Now, there are important limitations. I'm going to talk about those. There are technical issues. I'm going to talk about those. Uh, I, I, and then Dr. Fing talked about the decipher. This was not built into this system. I think some of our future studies will actually account for that. So I consider these studies, rather than definitive proof that 
adjuvant is not as good as salvage that you can wait. I consider these as failed experiments. Both the RAVE study, which again was adjuvant versus salvage at low PSAs, they were discontinued. An independent data safety monitoring committee recommended premature closure of enrollment because of unexpectedly low event rates. The French study, similarly, the plan was to enroll 700 patients. However, they were closed because of the unexpected event rates. And the radical study, which was a study where, where um, metastatic disease was the main primary, they weren't closed, but that was because they had another study that was attached to it, and the Data Safety Monitoring Committee decided not to close it. Now, they combine these studies into what's called the artistic meta-analysis, um, meta where they combine the studies from Graves, Gettig, and Radicals. And when I say that, they, um, that the event rate was low, what we're talking about here is that when they designed the study, they promised that if you did adjuvant, their hypothesis was that you would get 74% control compared to 64% control. But actually what they saw in the study was 86 versus 87, which means the study was not designed properly. The same thing uh, with the Guttig 17 study. They, pre they predicted they had a study where they're going to have a 70% control with adjuvant versus a 60% if they followed them. And in fact, it was 92 and 90. So if, you did, if you're an investigator and you design a study and you design the study size and the study endpoints and you say, okay, my study says this is what we're going to expect to do and it doesn't work out that way, you cannot get credit. You should not get credit for having proven the point that you set out to prove when you have fewer patients and you don't have the event rate of recurrences that you uh, predicted that you would have. Now, when I say that these studies were, were, were problematic, it was, they were also problematic because they actually, it was the eligibility that was the problem. It was how they allowed patients that had, they were too favorable to be admitted to the study. Now, this is called a so-called Stevenson nomogram, which is a, which is a, um, which is a, a nomogram that allows you to predict the success rate when patients undergo um, salvage radiation. Salvage radiation means they've had the surgery, their PSA is going up, how successful will your radiation be? So what you do is these are the points that you get for each of these metrics. So uh, what was the Gleason score? Well, 85% of the patients on the RAVE study had a Gleason score less than or equal to seven. Those patients had low points, meaning that their risk of recurring is low. And the success for salvage radiation is high. If you want to prove that you need to do adjuvant radiation, that is, you need to get radiation immediately after surgery, what you need to do is you need to design a study where the success rate of salvage radiation is low. If you have 100% salvage of patients, you never need to do adjuvant radiation. If every patient has a radical prostatectomy, you can simply wait till the PSA goes up and then radiate them and you never need to do adjuvant. But the question is, if you, are there patients whose disease is sufficiently aggressive 
that you need to, that you should not wait for them to manifest a recurrence, but treat them earlier. These are patients that should be for which salvage radiation is not effective. So you don't want a whole lot of people that have points which are low, like 67% positive margin rate, 81% negative seminal vesicle rate, PSAs that are extremely low, because then you're gonna end up with very low numbers and then you're going to basically do a study where you take patients that didn't need treatment in the first place compared to patients who you wait to treat and that's going to create a bias. So that was the point of this slide. So I would argue that these studies committed three major sins. One, you can't prove something doesn't work by treating people who don't need it. If you have patients who have sufficiently low risk of recurrence, as shown by their failure rate, then this is, not the, this is not the way to prove it. You can't prove something doesn't work if you don't do it correctly. I'll talk about that next in terms of they didn't use hormone therapy, they, used, they didn't use pelvic radiation, they didn't use image guidance techniques to treat the patients that got treated. And you can't prove something doesn't work with an underpowered study. They had so few patients that had truly high-risk features that many of the patients, I would never have treated them in the first place. So talking about what appropriate treatment is, this is from a randomized trial that we did in the RTFG, where we randomized patients who had recurrences after surgery to either radiation to just where the prostate used to be, they call the prostate bed, that's arm one, radiate to the prostate bed plus add short-term hormone therapy, that's arm two, and radiate to the prostate bed plus the pelvic lymph nodes, that's arm three. So patients with truly high-risk features do better if you radiate the pelvic lymph nodes. On the RAVES, the radicals, and the GUTIC-17 study, they gave no hormone therapy, they radiated no pelvic lymph nodes. So the few high-risk patients they had, which is about 15 to 20%, they did not have appropriate treatment. Now, the other issue is how important it is to treat the right location. This is a study done at UCSF a long time ago where Dr. Shinohara biopsied patients who had a radical prostatectomy and a rising PSA um, after radical prostatectomy. 54% of those patients had a positive biopsy at the recurrent, at the anastomosis, documenting a, a recurrence there. Uh, two thirds of those were at the anastomosis. That's where the prostate, that's where the urethra was reconnected after surgery. 16% bladder neck and 13% uh, in the posterior trigone area. So when we treat patients who've had a recurrence after surgery, what we do is we have the urologist place gold marker seeds at the anastomosis. And every day prior to each treatment, we wanna make sure that we at least hit that spot because that's the most common spot. That's the most common place for a recurrence to be. Here's an example from a patient I treated many years ago. He had a, a, a nodule here, biopsy-proven recurrence. I had Dr. Shinohara put a gold seed here, a gold seed here. You can see in the lateral gold seed here, gold seed here. 
And the fact is that we made sure that every day we hit this, and this man had a PSA of 0.4, and that PSA went away because we gave him a very high dose of radiation to the place where the recurrence was documented. Nobody had that in the studies that I talked about. The importance is here. We did this study many years ago. We took patients that had radical prostatectomy. They had a recurrence. We had the gold marker seats placed at the area. And we said, how accurately would we have treated that patient if we had not had the gold seeds there? We had just used the tattoos and assumed that the prostate did not move. And what we showed was that it would have been off by more than five millimeters, 14% of the time, off by more than five millimeters, inferior to superior, almost 40% of the time, and front to back, anterior to posterior, nearly uh, 30% of the time. So you had all these together, about 50% of the time, you would be off by at least five millimeters. And when you're off by five millimeters, what that means is that you either hit something that you don't want to hit like the rectum or the penis, and you can miss the cancer. And we've shown that this is an important way to improve the accuracy of delivery so your radiation won't work if you don't hit the right location. I want to acknowledge the work of my colleagues that helped with some of the data that I presented. Uh, salvage treatment is very effective. I believe that the RAVES, Radicals, and GUTIC-17 study prove one thing, that if you have very, very favorable patients who have had a radical prostatectomy, you don't need to give them adjuvant radiation before they have documented recurrent disease. But for other people, that is those with seminal vesicle involvement, Gleason 9, negative margins, PSA that's rising from an ultra-sensitive level of 0.02, you should not wait until the PSA goes above 0.1 or 0.2. Those patients are very high risk. You need to add hormone therapy and you need to do pelvic radiation. In the setting of patients who recur after radiation, it's in the perfect patients to select are patients that have disease, which has recurred on one side of the urethra. You do not want to re-irradiate the entire prostate because your risk of complications, including fistulas uh, and uh, problems like that, uh, are, is going to be very high. Let's see. We have some questions that were submitted through QA. Um, PSA, there's one question about does PSMA uh, result impact treatment decision? The answer is yes, but the talker on PSMA will be by Dr. Hope next. And we use it sometime to confirm the location of the recurrence as being only local for, to select patients that would need local treatment. For example, if it's only in the prostate, then it might be a patient who's a candidate for salvage uh, brachytherapy. Um, or in patients that have disease that's not only local in the pelvis, uh, which might also be a candidate for designing the radiation. We selectively add pelvic lymph nodes to that um, area. Um, it's, there's a question here about how often do RT failure patients need salvage radiation? Well, it depends on the risk uh, that the patient falls into for patients that are high-risk patients. Some of them will need salvage treatment at a distant location, which is, you know, a different discussion. But 
Most patients that receive very high local treatment to the prostate only uh, usually don't recur locally. Some do. With brachytherapy, if there's a cold spot, some do. Uh, some patients, if you give a high-dose brachytherapy implant, there can be a recurrence in the seminal vesicles. Um, and um, I think that SBRT is, uh, is roughly equivalent to HDR. So as long as the area is adequately covered, most patients don't recur uh, locally. Um, but um, some patients will recur, for example, in the seminal vesicles, even though they have a high dose rate implant that includes the prostate and don't have a recurrence there, um, then, um, you know, then they can, uh, you know, that's outside the typical brachytherapy field. Um, it says, does local radiation salvage ever make sense after radical prostatectomy with negative margins, lymph, seminal vesicles, and, and lymph nodes? And in fact, yes, the study I showed from Dr. Shinohara suggested that even patients that have negative margins can still have a recurrence locally. So at the time that the surgery is performed, sometimes microscopic disease will contaminate the bed at the time of the operation and patients can still have recurrences uh, later. In fact, at most institutions, if a patient has a rising PSA after prostatectomy, they don't go back and biopsy, they haven't done PET scans, they just give local radiation and most patients respond. That suggests that the most common place to recur is actually where the prostate used to be. Um, so um, that's... Um, that's a, a, actually a common problem that the recurrence is local and not, um, you know, somewhere else. Um, there's a question here. It says, I have uh, periodic blood in the urine two years after salvage radiation uh, after prostatectomy because my PSA raises to 0.3 after four months after the prostatectomy. CT and bladder scope do not indicate bladder uh, cancer, uh, bladder issues. The urologist said this side effect of salvage radiation causing new blood vessels in the bladder is this common? And from a radiation specialist standpoint, would this diagnosis be reasonable? And the answer is yes. The problem is that, you know, the separation between when the prostate's removed and the most common place for recurrence is at the anastomosis, that means the bladder is attached to that location. And when you're given a very high dose of radiation in an attempt to control the disease locally and cure the patient, you can cause some bladder injury. And so we consider uh, that sort of collateral damage acceptable as a risk because the only curative treatment, um, the only curative treatment in that setting is radiation. Uh, and, um, you know, there are risks of bleeding, but bleeding itself um, is is uh, is a reasonable. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.